As we start this podcast, I invite you to fully inhabit your body. Drop your breathing in your belly. Take a couple of deep breaths, nice and slow. Exhale fully. Be aware of and release any tension you might have in your face, in your jaw, your neck and your shoulders. Allow your chest to relax. Let your belly be nice and soft. Make sure your hips and your groin is relaxed. Your calves, your shin bones, your feet. Really feel your hands and your feet. Let them get nice and heavy. And let your body sink into the chair you might be sitting on, bed you might be laying on. Be in your body. I'd like to talk to you about several things that I've seen come up for people, which is global. It's very interesting. I was having sessions this last week in four different continents, just seeing my patients in New York City and then doing phone sessions in Europe and Israel and Latin America. And it's amazing this group gestalt that's going on. And the specific things that were coming up for people was a sense of loneliness as they get deeper into their path and they have to let people go. A sense of loss and lack of purpose as they let their stories go. And then this observation of how there wasn't much joy for most people. And we're going to get into those things specifically and tease them out. Two things I want to talk about before I get into that, just two brief observations. One was I was working with an end-of-life person who was dealing with their end-of-life in their late 80s, and I was asking them if there was anything they regretted in their life. And their answer was a flat no. Everything was great. And that sounds very lovely on the surface, but it's actually very sad. Because for all of us, we're learning. We have shadows. With our unconsciousness, we've inflicted pain on others, on ourselves. It's not about basking in that pain or getting lost in that pain, but we live in a culture that's very adept at acting as if none of that is there, as if we can just bypass that. And there's a lot of shame for all of us in the pain we've inflicted on others through our unconsciousness. And again, we all have this. And it's not, again, living in shame, although we're all living in it, we just mask it. Shame can be a very useful teacher, not to get lost in, but to actually use it to purify parts of the unconscious, the behaviors that are disharmonious to ourselves and those around us. For a lot of us, these patterns can take decades to sort themselves out, to be healed. And for those of us who have deeper wounding than others, it can take even longer. 
So if you're dealing with something, if shame is coming up for you, don't be too quick to run away from it. Don't let it devour you because that's a form of negative pleasure. All of us have a part of us that feels like a piece of shit, no matter how much we act otherwise. So I'm not talking about getting lost in it, but certainly examining it is very useful. So when someone asks us if we regret anything, we can go into that reality and be like, yes, this and this and this. And I've done my best by sitting with myself, realizing where my shit was to clean it up as much as I was capable. So this shame piece, especially with what's going on right now, with all this sexual abuse issues, all this assault issues, we all have parts in that. We all are part takers. It's very interesting seeing people project everything out, not owning anything, which is also part of our politics. So I'm not saying that you're a rapist. I'm just saying look inside of you and see where these issues are. I know a lot of us, myself included, have had sexual abuse in our past. And these issues trigger all kinds of pain. But also those of us who've had sexual abuse in our past, we can also behave in ways that are unconscious. That takes a long time to heal. So again, going inside and owning these pieces really, really helps. The second thing I want to talk about is, this is something that's I've talked about before and it keeps coming up, this power of positive thinking. So I work with some severely ill people and a lot of them happen to be in that quote-unquote new agey world and they see different healers and shamans and they're always told to think positively. Now, yes, positive thinking has neurochemical effects in the body, very powerful, but that doesn't mean negate what you're feeling. So if you're dealing with a serious illness, if you have cancer, if you are dealing with a breakup that just tore your heart apart, positive thinking is not where it's at. We have to first look into ourselves and see what we're feeling. Before we put a mask on it, we put a band-aid on it, we need to really look at things and take an inventory of where we're at. It's amazing how much lighter people feel when someone gives them permission not to go into the power of positive thinking. All the time, with people who have serious illnesses, they're relieved when I tell them, well, no, I know you're scared, let's talk about the fear. It's a permission that they can't give themselves and certainly nobody around them gives them because everybody's afraid. So examine that in yourself. Because there's again another, in these last couple of months, I don't know what it is, but there's something up again where people are really into this power of positive thinking. We're all angels. We can all manifest what we want. That's not our experience. And if that is your experience, you're not using that language. You're too busy being in the moment. We'll get into that when we talk about the joy. But if you're using the language, if you're around people who use that kind of language, it's pretty much a guarantee that that's not their experience. They're actually using that language to negate their own pain. So like I always tell you, start with where you are. Instead of wanting to be somewhere else, start where where you are. It's no different than doing a yoga asana. Start with where you are. If you push yourself beyond where you are, you're going to injure yourself. You're going to tear something. So 
Same with martial arts. If your body's not conditioned enough, you're going to break something. You're going to tear something. But we're also damn anxious that we can't sit with where we are. We want to jump forward 900 miles. But of course, what that does, we always go back 900 miles and start with where we actually should have started. Now, let's talk about the loneliness piece. There's a lot of that going on. As people are moving deeper into their spiritual path, they have to let people go. They have to let situations go. They have to let behaviors go. It's very important when we are in a place where we need to let people go, we do not make them bad. We do not make them wrong. It's very crucial that we do this with grace. People were in our lives because we chose them. We got to a place where we realized this behavior is not good for us or it's not healthy or we're caretaking. Then it's time to move on. But it's very important how we do it in a way that's not damaging. Sometimes we can just slowly pull back. Sometimes we can have a conversation. Sometimes it can even be a white lie. But once it's over, it's over. If we hang around a situation out of caretaking, out of feeling guilty, we're just going to get more angry and make it worse down the road. But understand that this loneliness piece is a part of waking up. Right? It is a part of how we numb ourselves, and then we don't. And then we don't, we step back. Now, for a lot of people, they come to me and they go like, I have no friends left, I have no one to hang out with. Yes, we have to actually hold this space. We have to hold this space and be empty, hold the unknown till the next level is revealed. Just understand that you're in good company. I mean, I hear this a lot. And again, it was so wild this last week. A couple of people in New York having a conversation with someone in the Middle East, talking to someone down way South America, and then um, someone in Europe. All these people were having these conversations, different age groups, gay, straight. It doesn't matter. We're all going through it. So there's nothing wrong with you. You're not crazy. Learn to hold that space. But the loneliness is also an amazing time to make friends with yourself. For those of us, which is most everyone that I know, who's externally focused, it's very difficult to have yourself as your friend. So if you're feeling lonely, it's a wonderful time to make friends with yourself. And of course, we're all running around way too much to actually know even that means. We wake up. It's either that early practice or, you know, three cups of coffee, get us out of our body, running, forcing ourselves not to be here. So again, this is where the sitting comes around about what I keep telling you, sit with yourself and make friends with yourself. That couple of minutes a day can be very profound. Get to know who you are. You might be nicely surprised. You will be nicely surprised in my own experience. Learn to hold your own company. There's a lot of food there. So remember why we can't do this is the anxiety that comes up for all of us because we're so profoundly anxious. So sitting with that anxiety, pushing through that anxiety is very, very profound. And it's really all it is is you have to learn how to tolerate it. Once you learn how to tolerate it, 
life gets a lot easier. Now, part of this loneliness, as you let these stories go, there's also lack of purpose and confusion. Right? If my definition of myself is X, and I've done X for 20, 30, 40 years, once that gets removed, there's this confusion. And we're so externally focused again. We're defined by who we are. This is who I am. This is what I do. This whole social media thing that we always talk about obviously has magnified that infinitely. So far that we're so removed from ourselves, we actually can't experience ourselves because we've become strangers to ourselves. So all these masks that we put out externally, once these things start shaking up, there's an amazing amount of confusion um, underneath there. Part of this confusion and part of this letting go is about letting go of the story. The lack of purpose is about letting go of the story because the story is so strong. And by story, I'm talking the big ego story, not just the story of this is who I am, this is who I am on Instagram or Facebook. I'm talking the bigger picture, the spiritual picture, the I. All these practices of modern world really fortifies the I, the ego. We have to have some kind of counterbalance to that. When these spiritual truths dawn on us, the confusion is so intense because that thing gets obliterated pretty quickly. So letting the story go means to actually step back from that. Really observe yourself. So you have to go in. And the going in can always be scary. Because again, not because it's dangerous, it's because we're very foreign to ourselves. But this big story that we have to let go sometimes is also the whole healing story. For a lot of you who've been on the healing path for a long time, who are you if you're not, quote-unquote, working on yourself all the time? So it's very important to work on ourselves. It's very important to do psychological work. These things are important. But at some point on the path, those things can become crutches too. Whether as we're doing that work, we need to go inside or we need to step back from that work, understand addiction, which fortifies the eye, comes in all shapes and colors. It's not just doing drugs. It's not just working 20 hours a day. It's not just drinking six cups of coffee and two cocktails at the end of the day. For a lot of us who have been on a spiritual path for a long time, letting that story go, the story of healing, the story of fixing it, all that stuff also has to be at some point lovingly relaxed. The thing that ties all of this in together is the joy piece. So for a lot of us who've been dealing with woundings, for a lot of us who've been dealing with pain, joy is not something that we've found. You know, you know people who are fake happy, you know, hi, how are you? That's not what I'm talking about. That's another deep defense mechanism. I'm talking about that silent, quiet, being at one with things. In our culture, joy has become synonymous with incredible high. But actually joy has a different definition, which is just being at peace with things. Being at peace with what is. And it's not something we can hold all day long. 
whether someone tries to run us over, somebody in the subway gives us an elbow. We are human. We're having a human experience. But it's something that we have to make an appointment with on a regular time frame to actually experience. I know in my own experience, I was seeking spiritual awareness so wholeheartedly because of all the pain I was in that I totally forgot about joy. So when I discovered the truth that I was seeking and I thought would quench my thirst, it did quench my thirst, but it didn't bring me joy. Joy was an extracurricular activity that I had to get into to find, to deal with, and it's something that I do. So I spend my days, and the days that I'm not working, there are things that I do that bring me so much joy. For me, it happens to be a wrench in my hand or making a collage. I invite you to actually do that for yourself. It doesn't have to cost money. It certainly costs time, but you're worth it. So if there's not joy in your life, and again, I'm not talking from a consumer perspective. I'm not talking from consumption. Consumption is not going to do it. Consumption, again, nothing wrong with it. You're having a human experience, but it's not going to do it because it's externally referent. The joy I'm talking about is internally referent, and you're not experiencing it. You just want to find it. It's already inside of you, right? This is very confusing for us because for us, joy is usually attached to you have to go find it outside of you. It's actually a state of mind. It's a state of being, state of being in your body in the moment without distraction. And it's so exquisite and it's so beautiful, but you have to make time for it. You have to look for it. So dredging all the shit out, cleaning all the garbage, that's just one aspect of it. Then there's the planting the flowers. That's just one aspect of it. The visual drinking in of the beauty of the flowers and the smelling it, that joy, that's a relationship. So I invite you to actually discover that. And take heart. If there is loneliness, if there is confusion, lack of purpose coming up for you, it's an invitation to have a deeper relationship with yourself. You're always held, despite what it looks like on the outside, despite all the fear and terror that we're all shoved down our throats, our minds, on a daily level. You're always held. Never abandon yourself. Remember that. Culture is not your friend. Culture is always trying to take you outside of yourself. This is free. Again, maybe confusing, but it's free. It's your true nature is who you are. So as we lick our wounds as we deal with all these horrors around us, give to yourself. Give to yourself the gift that you are. And remember how quick this whole game goes, very quickly. So while you're here, whatever you're looking for, kids, children you're raising, animals you're caretaking, people you love dying, people you love coming in and being born, in the midst of all that, find that center, which is your true nature. It's always as close as your breath.